0: all right guys welcome back to the i am salt lake podcast if this is your first time listening and you're like what is this podcast all about what did i stumble on what did i download well first of all thank you so much for downloading the podcast and checking it out this is a podcast where we showcase awesome people right here in salt lake city We're talking to musicians, we're talking to authors, we're talking to business owners, restaurant owners, distilleries, food truck owners. I think you guys get the idea. Really, anyone that might have a cool story, we're sitting down and chatting with them. So we want to welcome you out today to episode 361. My name is Chris. And my name is Christina. And we're, of course, recording today out of our brand new podcast studio located right in the back of Empire Merchandise located at 680 South State Street. Now, keep in mind, not only does Empire have an amazing selection of vape juice and vape accessories, but this is where you can buy your very own I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt. It's a great way to support the podcast, you guys. So head on in here, 680 South State Street, pick up an I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt and take a look around.
1: Today on the podcast, we got to sit down and talk with Chris Van Oker. We had an awesome time sitting down and chatting with him, and we got to talk about everything from journalism to podcasting. We're going to get into that conversation here in just a minute.
0: Hey, before we get into that interview with Chris Van Oker, we want to thank our awesome sponsors for making this whole thing possible Five Wives Vodka and Market Source Real Estate. We're going to be telling you more about them a little bit later on in the podcast.
1: And don't forget, you can always go visit us online at IamSaltLake.com. You can go check out the entire back catalog of our episodes. You can go check out the events calendar where we have lists, you know, things going on in Salt Lake City every day. And you can also buy your own t-shirt online if you're out of state.
0: All right. Here's that awesome conversation with Chris Van Oker when he came and sat down with us and shared his story. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. You know, this is a question I like to ask people that come in and do the show what did your childhood smell like?
2: I thought of all the possible questions I thought you were going to ask, and that one was not even remotely considered. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep you on your toes. What's something perceptive? It smelled like napalm in the morning. Napalm in the morning? It's not what true, but I just thought from? it had a nice ring to it. What was the movie? Um, <sighs> Apocalypse Now. Okay, there and I've never
0: seen the movie. What? I know. I'm right? out of here. <laughs> Chris Van Ogre, no, this is it's it's a pleasure to uh, sit down with you, and we're going to obviously talk about about the podcast you do, and and maybe touch on journalism and and whatnot. But I always like to kind of get a little bit of history of people that come through here, allow our listeners to get to know you a little bit because maybe they don't know you very well, you know. Uh, but where did you grow up? Where, where do you consider home, or where is home for you?
2: Well, I will answer that, but first I want to congratulate you on all your success for the podcast and recently recently being named the number 1 podcast by city oh. weekly is that right
0: we yeah and thank that you. that was thank you very much it's it's been a lot of work and and that's i mean our listeners are awesome that way uh, to cast their votes for uh, for the yeah. podcast i mean if it
1: wasn't for them we'd
2: be nothing
0: yeah, usually, usually, geek show wins. But I, I love the geek show guys, so I w- I will say that you know it's. it's
2: and I'm a Kerry fan as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, great guys, great podcast. But hey, you know what? Sometimes they gotta take the back seat. You know, let us <laughs> let us hop up front, right?
2: There's room for everyone.
0: Maybe the Van Ocker group will get your podcast. Maybe you guys will get your podcast. Uh,
2: 2019. It's funny. Uh, we're in about episode 12 or 13 of the podcast, which is the Van Ocker political group or the van Ocker group so early on i went to a kind of day-long seminar about how to do podcasts and one of the speakers said one thing you should do is tell your audience repeatedly how much you love them and while we on our podcast we obviously appreciate the audience we're not a warm and friendly group what was that old seinfeld la- line no hugs no learning <laughs> we're kind of a group of political curmudgeons we like to curse, well, the guests do, and yell at each other and get into fights. But we actually like each other. But we're not a kind of a uh, kumbaya Not a warm podcast. fuzzy family type deal. More dysfunctional family.
0: Hey. Do you remember, where did you take that day-long podcasting? Was that here in Utah? Yeah. I, was it the one at the, the podcast summit, like in June? I'm just trying to remember. Were you there? I th- Yeah.
1: We taught a class there, yeah. actually.
2: It was I just remember it was south and it was early weekend morning so I wasn't necessarily all all there all there exactly but I did get a cool Van Oker group uh, t-shirt so
0: very cool very oh, cool Yeah, yeah. yeah the did guy the was served. doing the the it did a nice job the printing but uh where, so where did you grow up then
2: I was born in Chicago and my dad got transferred to DC when I was very young just a few months old so essentially I grew up in DC then went back to school for three years at Northwestern and also studied one year overseas in Scotland at the University of Edinburgh. Wow. So mostly grew up in D.C. and on the East Coast, but now I've been in Utah so long, kind of nobody else does, but I kind of consider myself a
0: Westerner. So what, what even brought you to Utah in the first place? Utah of all places. I know, right? Yeah.
2: I had worked the summer after my freshman year in college at Northwestern A couple of friends and I, we went out to Glacier Park, Montana, and I don't mean to brag, but I was the uh, assistant manager of the gift shop at the Many Glacier Hotel, and I just got hooked on the West. That started my love affair with the mountains and the whole Western United States, and I'm still not over it.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful here. I mean, I'm glad you're here, but I mean, it's just fascinating to me. Uh, what brings people here, especially when they, they live in so many different other places. I mean, the East Coast is beautiful. I lived in Pennsylvania for about five years. Where? Do you know where like the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton area is? So it's not the most, you know, thriving area. That's Joe Biden country, Scranton. Yeah. And The Office. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I and, actually the, heard, and
1: the Cat Stevens song. I've Don't actually hear the heard The
0: Office isn't even actually really filmed in Scranton, though. No, but I... Uh, even though they say they I, are. I...
2: Well, I spend probably too much time looking at kind of odd YouTube clips. And I think when they did the show wrap up, they went to Scranton and had a little parade for them. And they talked a little bit about how popular, obviously, they were in Scranton.
0: No, but That's I, I awesome. the East Coast is beautiful. I love it. I, I, would, it is I wouldn't so be afraid to move back there. Let's just say that, especially even D.C. I don't know how it is now. It's been years since I've been there. We actually were out there. We went to Philadelphia recently this last summer. Uh, for a big podcast conference, Podcast Movement. I heard about that. I know too. Dylan went out there for that. And um, I started
1: looking at houses and jobs while we were yeah. there.
0: <laughs> But 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 there is something about Salt Lake City that pulls people in. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's a great place to live. It's 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 easy to live here. I was just going to mm-hmm. say that. It's I read e- some
2: article, uh, it might have been the Washington Post, about, and we talked about this on the other podcast, Old Coots, about the attractiveness of living in what they call secondary or second-tier cities, which I put Salt Lake into. Yeah. And it talks about lifestyle, cost of living, the ease of living in a place, and some of the other amenities. And I've been here so long. I remember what Salt Lake was like when I moved out here last century and what it's like now. And there are just even more wonderful and cool things here.
0: What got you into to journalism? If we can jump ahead just a little bit, I'm kind of curious, uh, what even attracted you to have an interest in journalism?
2: My father, is uh, Sander Van Oker, who for a long time was a national correspondent with NBC and the Huntley Brinkley Show, which is before your time, and then ABC. So I kind of grew up around that and had an interest in it. But really, when I gar- graduated from college, barely, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I thought I'd try journalism for a few years and see if I liked it. And for a long time I did. And then a few years ago, I didn't like it as much. So I stopped. I tell people I'm a recovering journalist.
0: <laughs> and you've, I mean, you've done journalism in more than just this area, right? You were out in Ohio, I think?
2: I was in Columbus, Ohio for a couple of years doing politics, which was great because that's still, even though it's leaning a bit Political red,
0: journalism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um,
2: it's still kind of a battleground state. And I... Hit it off with both Governor John Kasich, Republican, and uh, the Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown. And interestingly, I wouldn't be surprised and might even encourage both of them to run for president in 2020. In their own way, they're both compelling people and I think candidates.
0: So you were living in Salt Lake, you moved to Ohio, and then you moved back to Salt Lake City even after that?
2: I've moved away from Salt Lake twice and moved back
0: twice.
1: What was the why? What was the why well, behind it's the all mountains. Of
0: that? It's the mountains.
1: Yeah, but I mean, why'd you move away? I well, look,
0: for the job. For the for job. The job okay.
1: okay. And then you just got pulled back.
2: Well, I kept my house. I'd rented it out. Okay. And I was kind of done with TV, and I thought, why not go back? And yeah. that was actually three years ago this
0: week. Very cool. Happy you don't have to get me a present. Happy or anniversary. Cake. Coming back. <laughs> Let's jump right into um, your podcast. Okay. Unless, I, I don't know, was there any yeah, anything no, more on the about journalism? Yeah, no, the So the, the Van oker Group podcast, that's the, the technical name of it for people that wanted to do a search. Uh, the Van for, oker it. Group. Okay. I'm curious, somebody who's been involved with journalism for as long as you have. I mean, I, it, I would imagine it's quite a few years, obviously. But what do you think of podcasting, the medium of podcasting?
1: Like in general, you, as yeah. A in media? general,
0: what do you think it's a? Do you think it's a great way to to get news out there? Do you think it's it's gonna? I don't know. I mean, yeah. What well, w- kind of?
1: Well, especially since you come from a more traditional media background, what are what's your perspective on podcasting in general as a whole?
2: I find it fascinating, and I got to tell you, I'm kind of what I would say a late bloomer, which I didn't really get into it. As a matter of fact, it's when I was driving. Back from Columbus, Ohio, I was done there three years ago, and I had this long drive through, what was it, Kansas or Nebraska, which never seemed to end. Which are the
1: worst to drive through.
2: Great states, great people, just...
1: Never-ending Nebraska.
2: That's That's what I call it every time I have to drive through it. Me too. (laughs) That's crazy. That's when I got hooked. I put on Facebook uh, posts about, hey, can somebody recommend podcasts?
0: But how did you know to ask for even a podcast if you've never listened to one? Well, you start to hear a
2: buzz about it. And I mean, I try and read voraciously about all sorts of things, and it just seemed to come up a bit. And I'm also Facebook friends and real friends with a guy named uh, Scott Carrier, who does Home of the Brave. And Scott's a brilliant guy and journalist. He's got his own unique style. And so I would see some of his posts about what he was doing. And then he started appearing on some lists about best podcasts in the country, And so that was one of the first ones I went to. And you know how when you go to the iTunes or whatever, they make suggestions about other ones. And since then, now that I've had time, I've traveled around the country a lot, including a drive last year through the south. And in addition to some of the scenery, that's what really kept me going was being able to listen to the podcast and being able to think very cool
1: that's what i like about podcasting i mean i think everyone likes listening to music but there's something about listening to people talk and giving their perspective where you can kind of almost have a conversation in your head well you can know
2: a lot more about this than i do i mean one of the attractions of radio which i think is magnified by podcasts is that sense of intimacy yeah like i'm driving in a car on a long stretch of road and i'm not necessarily hopefully participating in the conversation, but it's maybe a group of three people, the two people during the talking and May.
0: But there's that connection again with the host. And a lot of times people are driving by themselves or they're listening in their headphones. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a very intimate type thing versus I love the radio and no offense to radio people, but with a podcast, you're making a specific, uh, you're, you, you want to listen to that entire episode versus a radio. You just maybe turn it on to listen enough to get to work. Does that make sense? It, or to the grocery store?
2: It does too. And it's interesting to me, uh, one of my favorite hangouts in Salt Lake is the Rose Establishment.
0: Great place.
2: Yeah, great food, Yeah, great people. And my demographic, my personal demographic is older. And I like that because I get to learn things from the, the staff there and from other people I run into. And again, it was interesting how many people there were talking about and listening to podcasts. And maybe a little light bulb went off.
0: Very cool. And so then the Van Oker Group podcast, how did that come about then? You were familiar. You were listening to them. Did you – because talk about that, how that started.
2: The Van Oker Group actually began on TV 1992. So, okay, what well, on, what,
0: on what channel?
2: That was with Channel 4. And we'd have a group of rotating politicians with a couple of regulars. And we'd come in – we'd do a show maybe every month talk about whatever was going on locally or whatever they wanted to. Yeah, exactly. And so that, when I went to Ohio, that stopped. And then, was it late last year or earlier this year, Bill Allred, who's a friend of mine, Mm -hmm. sent me an email saying, would you have any interest in bringing the group back for a podcast? And that coincided with my interest in podcasts. So it seemed... It was like fate. I was going to use the word karma, but oh. I'll take fate.
0: Okay. Destiny.
2: Since I'm a semi-believer in that. <laughs>
0: so how many episodes you've only done? A couple dozen? or Well, I don't mean to
2: brag, but we're uh, approaching number 13.
0: Very cool. But you only do like one a month, right? With the podcast, if I remember correctly.
2: We started doing once a month, but because of the unpopular demand,
0: we're now doing every two weeks. I think That's there's a great. lot of people. I mean, I, I mentioned that I was bringing you on the podcast. A lot of people seem to like you. You were saying unpopular demand.
1: I think he's being facetious. Okay,
0: okay, okay. (laughs) I don't want to come in between you two. You're
1: very popular.
0: (laughs) So what, I mean, is there much difference, do you feel, between the TV show and the podcast? They can curse (laughs) and do.
1: Oh, that's true, because you can do whatever you want on a podcast.
2: In theory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've got a couple of guests who I'd say are more left of center politically. I'm kind of the centrist. And then we've got one guy... Who's a Republican, and he's kind of become, I don't know if I want to say lovable, but something like that villain of the show. Really? And he drives the other group members nuts, and some of the listeners too. One of our loyal listeners sent me a video of what he imagined my role on the show is, which is it was a video of a guy poking a hornet's nest and then running towards water because he had let loose all of them and they were all chasing him. And he said that was what it was like when I introduced the topic on the show. <laughs> oh,
0: that's so, awesome. so who do you do the podcast with? Let's, let's give him a little credit here. You guys know Bill all right. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, there's an attorney by the name of Bruce Baird, who's a congressional candidate, who was a congressional candidate and a political consultant, but not so much anymore. And the Republican is a guy by the name of Dave Owen, who actually does uh, political consulting as part of his business. And you two will understand this. It's not only that they're knowledgeable and occasionally funny, but there's a familiarity with the
0: group. Yeah. And you can't really teach that, can you?
1: No, it's, it's just a chemistry. It yeah. either works or it doesn't.
0: And, and I, I've discovered that even, because I've, I've had a couple of different co-hosts before uh, Christina came on and did it. And sometimes you just don't mesh well. Mm-hmm. Do you guys- two ever disagree? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on air? On the podcast? On or? air?
1: Yeah, actually. we there been a we, uh, we interviewed um, a doctor one time. Okay. That was, that was kind of fun. We kind of got, we, Oh, that was back we in got added uh, a little bit.
0: Rick Henrickson. I think Rick Henrikson. Yeah.
1: We, um, we come from very different backgrounds. Uh, I, I come from a more medical, my, my family are from the medical field and his, his mom does not like uh, that as much. More, and more so herbs
0: as in natural yeah. healing is the so way we, I grew uh, up. So,
1: you know, but it's more fun. Yeah. It's more just fun bickering.
0: Did your listeners like that? I have you, no idea. you know, I don't know if we ever got any feedback about that. Huh.
1: Yeah, no one ever tells us that they like it when we fight on. Li- on maybe we need to fight microphone. more.
0: I think. Well, that's a good actually, idea. when on one of the more recent episodes, the towel. Yeah, debate? the towel episode <laughs> when she admitted using my towel. Look, after a shower. I will. Uh, Get. we're not here to talk about us yet. We got to talk about it. I am it. so good at rearranging the conversation. No, you're, you, you definitely, I know exactly how it is. When I go on a podcast, all of a sudden I find myself wanting to uh, interview mm-hmm. the host of the show. And so it is fascinating to, to turn the the table around.
2: One of the best pieces of advice I got, it might've been from Dave Owen. One of the Venoka group members is, I suspect he teaches this to his clients is if you get asked, as a politician at a press conference or an interview, a question you don't want to answer, you just give them the answer you want, <laughs> regardless of what the question is.
0: I love Mildly it. Mildly <laughs>
2: diabolical.
0: We need to actually take a quick break, play a couple messages here from our sponsor. Uh, so hang tight. We'll play those and we'll be right back. All right. It's that time of the podcast where we take just a couple minutes of your time, tell you about our amazing sponsors. One thing keep in mind when you support our sponsors, You are supporting I Am Salt Lake Podcast. Keep that in mind. It's a win-win for everybody. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by the very local, the very delicious, the very tasty Five Wives Vodka. The next time you head on over to the state liquor store, pick up a bottle of Five Wives Vodka. Pick up an extra bottle with New Year's Eve right around the corner. You know you're going to go through a couple of bottles. Next time you head on over to uh, your favorite local bar, Ask for Five Wives Vodka by name. They actually have three different flavors. We're going to be telling you about them. They have the original flavor. This is my favorite. This is made from Utah Mountain spring water. It's 100% distilled corn spirit, and it's gluten-free. Spring is hidden in beautiful Ogden Canyon. It's inaccessible by vehicle. So they're hiking this water out five gallons at a time.
1: And Five Wives Sinful is a flavored vodka with a delicious cinnamon taste. It's not like other cinnamon products that leave you with that cinnamon candy taste. Sinful is like a morning cinnamon roll, and it only has 76 calories per ounce.
0: They also have the Five Wives Heavenly. This is another one of their flavored vodkas, but this one has a delicious vanilla taste. Heavenly's rich, buttery vanilla flavor. It comes through without coating your taste buds with sugar, and this results in more vanilla and less calories.
1: And especially during the Christmas and New Year season, more vanilla, less calories is exactly what you want.
0: Hey, that's perfect for the New Year's resolutions, right?
1: Oh, yeah. So that means I just will switch to heavenly. That's my New Year's resolution.
0: (laughs) Go check out their website, fivewivesvodka.com. Next time you head on over to the state liquor store, pick up a bottle of Five Wives Vodka, because not only are you getting some awesome vodka, but you're supporting the podcast. And you're having a good time. And as always, many thanks to Five Wives Vodka for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All right, this episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Market Source Real Estate. I know a lot of you listening right now are looking to move to Salt Lake City. I know a lot of you might be up for a job transfer to come to Salt Lake City and you're like, I need to buy a home, but I don't know who to go to. Well, this is when you need to contact our friends Monique and Jeremy Higginson at Market Source Real Estate. For the past 17 years, they've been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes. Right in Salt Lake City, and especially right there in Sugar House.
1: And here's the thing about Monique and Jeremy. They're not only cool and knowledgeable, but they're also really fun and they're real. So if I was to buy a home, they would absolutely be the people that I would call. They also have a background of flipping houses, and they've owned almost two dozen homes themselves. So they know all the ins and outs of older homes.
0: And maybe you're a listener right now looking to sell your home. Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and make sellers more money.
1: So, if you're looking to even buy an older home, they know exactly what to look for so you don't end up buying a money pit. You can find their info at thinksaltlakecity.com today or call them at 801 810 6773.
0: Again, that web address is thinksaltlakecity.com. Their phone number is 801-810-6773. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So, okay, well, let's get back to chatting. The City Weekly Party, you were actually at it recently. We didn't touch base. What was some of the best food at the City Weekly Party? Because you're you're saying that you're still full from
2: it. Yeah, and this will just be a shock to anyone who knows me that I can be a bit difficult in some ways. I'm a pescatarian.
0: What what exactly is a pescatarian?
2: I had to look up myself. I eat fish, but I don't eat meat. Do you eat eggs? I tell people I'm not militant, so yeah, I'll, I'll eat eggs. All right, okay. <laughs> I, You're not you know, going to burn the house sometimes down. Sometimes
1: eggs right? is considered meat, and sometimes it's not. So and it's if I travel,
2: of... I just no rules.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I. So I you'll eat have a, a burger
2: friends. out of state, but not in Utah. A good example is I was lucky enough to be in Japan last year. I'm a ramen fiend. Oh, I mean, you might as well just put an IV in my arm. Yeah. And so if I'm in Japan, I'm going to have the pork.
1: You have to eat everything in Japan if you're there. So good. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so yummy. I have a friend who's a vegan, but not on vacation. So I-
0: Which is great. Yeah. See, and that hey, would, That's you know? too tough for me. When I take on a yeah. label of a diet, I have to do it 100% and do it all the time. You're dedicated. I, I don't know. It's just the way I am. I used to be vegan. So I was like really hardcore.
2: But look at you, skin and bones. You <laughs> don't need to be on any sort of diet.
0: <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm curious what you liked at the City Weekly. Party. Oh, what didn't I like? I mean, I guess it was all good. And, and maybe you don't even remember. And it's fine. I can even edit this out if, if there was nothing that came to mind. I'm just curious.
2: I'm trying to remember. Oh, they had some uh, pizza from the pie, which is always good. Of course. I totally missed that. You didn't get that?
1: No. Maybe
2: we're at a different party. And then uh, for dessert, of course, I had to go home with some ruby snaps.
0: Okay.
1: Yep. Yep. Those. Wh- which ones did you get? There were there were like snickerdoodles and well, this dude just kept
2: handing me cookies. But the one I loved was the uh, it was a chocolate caramel deal.
1: Oh yeah, it was like the double chocolate with caramel in the middle. I had a couple of those, and I
2: said, "Okay, I'll take it," but it's low fat, right? And they
0: assured me it was. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, old coots giving bad advice because this is kind of, you know, it's funny about this is uh, I don't know at what point a farmer's market this all appeared. I know this is just this last summer at the downtown farmer's market at Pioneer Park, but I remember seeing these pictures pop up on Facebook and Instagram. What is this? It's, cr- How, it's crazy, right? I know you kind of shared a little bit of the story uh, before we started recording here, Chris. But I'm curious, share that with our listeners, how that even started.
2: So years ago, before I went to Ohio, I would occasionally go to Tony Caputo's Deli. And although I don't admit it publicly, Tony Caputo's a good friend of mine. (laughs) And so it started with him and another guy named Dr. Lou Borgnick, who for years, decades, was one of the best pediatricians in Utah. And at that point, there were just a couple of us, and we called it the World News Roundup. Which essentially meant that we'd get coffee and we'd listen to Tony bitch about whatever was bothering him. And over months and years, the group got bigger and bigger. And not too long ago, Tony decided, well, we're all tired of talking to each other. We're just going to go right across the street to the farmer's market. He hung this banner, Old Coots Giving Advice. Who made the banner, though? Did he make it? He had it made. And it was going to be old guys, but we actually have a female member. And she said, no, no, it's got to be old coots. So old coots giving advice, advice is probably bad, but it's free. And so we set up a banner and some chairs and we just did what we normally had done is have coffee and talk. And people started coming up and people would take tons of pictures and post them on Facebook and wherever, Instagram. And, but they'd start coming up and asking for advice and Most A lot of the questions are about relationships, and some are about financial stuff. Couples from out of town would say, should we move here? And it's amazing how it took off. Some local uh, media picked up on it, and then it got written up in the Washington Post. Explain how how did that
0: happen? I mean, because that doesn't just happen to just anybody.
2: There's a woman by the name of Kathy Free who used to work, I think, for one of the papers and maybe then for people, and I think she freelances or maybe works full-time with the Washington Post. She wrote the article, did a great job, and I got the sense I follow the Post Media or something like that, maybe their social media, Twitter site, and it talked about how popular the article was. It's got about 150 comments, and people contacted Tony saying, we want to franchise it and start it at the farmer's market where we live. Franchise the old coots. Yeah.
1: What? That's cool. And That's Tony really said, cool. absolutely,
2: but you got to pay us $6. I don't know why six.
1: (laughs) Well, are there six of you? How many of... He better give you a dollar.
2: That's all I'm saying. I need to do full disclosure here. Because of my relative youth, (laughs) I'm still in my 50s, I don't qualify officially as an old coot, so they've made me a coot in training.
1: That's right.
2: And hopefully with five or six years of apprenticeship, I can work. All the way up to being a full fledged coot.
1: Eventually, you will be able to yell at kids to get off your lawn.
2: Oh, I do that now. <laughs> <That's>,
0: <laughs> I do. That that's now. <laughs> the thing I'm looking forward to the most. So, you started at the downtown farmers market, and now you're two episodes. Uh, at the time of this recording, you're two episodes in. Probably by the time this goes up, you'll have a couple more up because you guys do an episode of that every week. Correct or no? Yeah, it's been. Uh, we've had two so far, and then the third one's gonna. I think Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken, because it's every Thursday. I I'm I'm a, a fanboy here. Yeah.
2: You you know the schedule better than I do. We have a <laughs> rotating
0: group of coots so
2: it's Tony's always there cuz mm-hmm. he's the mastermind behind this and then the the rest of the coots are just rotating and we get together we take we tape a couple of shows get them in the can and then bring the next group in the next week and they do a couple of shows.
0: When Dylan approached you right about doing a podcast? What do you, I mean were you like are you crazy or I mean were you Right from the start, did you like the idea or do you know anything about that part of it?
2: Dylan Allred.
0: Yeah. Do you know? I mean, when, when yeah. they approached you. Dylan uh, Allred Dylan,
2: yeah. um, is the producer of the Van Oker Group, the political podcast. And he's also, even though sometimes they don't always admit it, uh, he's mm-hmm. the son of Bill Allred from X96. And Dylan's a sharp guy. And Great as, guy. Yeah. As you know, yeah. he's really into the podcast stuff as much as you are. And so when he, he might've seen the post article and when he saw my name attached to it, he came to me and said, I want to do a podcast with these guys.
0: Which was brilliant. I mean, the vision he saw with the podcast, cause it is, I mean, it's a little different than the farmer's market cause it's a lot more just go, go, go answering the questions. It's just I don't know. I mean, how would you describe it, Christina? I mean, oh, with listening to it, just it's just it it's just a fun listening. And what's amazing it's to fantastic. me, what's amazing to me about it is, mm, I don't know. I I don't it just just the 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 how well you guys go together and 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 how the 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 witty remarks.
1: Yeah, it's really it's so funny. I mean, we were listening to it the other day, just driving, and we were just laughing our heads off. Well, and thank we, you. And of course, like. We just want to jump through the microphone and mm. talk with you guys, which is the perfect podcast. Well,
2: we'll have you on in about 20 years. Well,
1: no,
0: and, and that's, right, that's, right? You, you guys should bring people on. But what I'm curious of is, I mean, you have the easy, you don't, you don't, you didn't have to deal with the equipment. I mean, you just had it.
2: I happen to be at the meeting with Dylan and Tony Caputo yeah. where they started talking about this in a serious sort of way. And Tony's comment was, sure. I just don't want to do any work. You have to do everything. We'll show up and have coffee like you weren't there. No, and you're lucky Mm -hmm. for that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's nice to have a producer.
2: One of the comments I really liked, although we're not anywhere near that level, is a listener compared it to Car Talk. Okay. Click and Clack Brothers.
1: Okay. Remember the
2: old car show on NPR and how they would talk a little bit about cars and then just whatever they wanted to. spiral out of control. And that was important for Tony Mm -hmm. and the rest of the group is – not to take ourselves all that seriously. Mm -hmm. And just, if we want to go on a tangent, we go on a tangent.
1: Which is exactly what makes it so fun. Has anyone like asked you for advice and then taken your advice seriously and then come back to you and told you whether or not that was a good or bad idea?
0: The guy with the red Corvette.
1: Oh yeah, the red Corvette.
2: (laughs) It's a little alarming to the group that sometimes totally by accident, we actually give advice which isn't horrible. You know, because part of the attraction of the group is you got all these people with different backgrounds. you got Tony, who's just a natural at it. Mm-hmm. He's just very gregarious, and I knew he'd be great on the podcast. We've got a retired school teacher who is beloved by his students. we got Dr. Lou, a pediatrician, a couple ex-journalists, and it's just a nice mix. So if somebody says, you know, I'm thinking about, quitting my job and starting my own business, we say, oh, talk to Tony. Yeah. And his, his advice was actually pretty good.
0: How can listeners of this show get advice from you guys? I mean, what's the best way if they wanted to reach out?
2: That's actually a great question. We've got a Twitter account. We've got a Facebook page, which I think Dylan's done all that. And people can submit questions. Or if you want, if, if you want to go through me on my Twitter account, which is at News Vulcan, which actually, you know who came up with that was uh, Kerry Jackson.
0: I was actually oh, curious really? of that. Well, I was going to ask you that one.
2: I used to, when I was on TV, I'd do some political reporting for them during elections and when I was at the conventions. And some people accused me of being somewhat Vulcan-like in my personality. I know you two are shocked, <laughs> but being very analytical <laughs> and logical. So Kerry kind of just combined that And said one day on the air at News Vulcan, and we all looked at each other and go, that's great. It's brilliant.
1: It is, yeah.
2: And of course, it's not true. (laughs) Not at all. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Nope. And I believe there's an email address, too, for the old coots that people can can reach out. I'll have to look that up. Maybe I'll put that at IamSaltLeak.com with this episode. That'd be awesome. All the links for the Facebook and the Twitter, your Twitter, obviously.
2: What we'd really like is, and we're not there yet, And I think this would give us a bit more of the feel Uh of the farmer's market is to have people calling with questions.
1: That would be really cool.
2: Because that tells you a lot. You know, if you're just getting an email question or something on Twitter, you can sort of answer it. But up to a point, the more information you can Mm -hmm. give is better. You lose
1: a lot of context (laughs) without having the actual person.
2: What's the tone of their question? Yeah.
0: And a lot of times it's so vague, you don't know how to answer it. You know, I I believe it was that Corvette one, if I remember correctly. I don't remember the exact question, but it was a little vague if I remember correctly. Yeah, maybe, that's maybe why, it wasn't. Maybe that's it, well, why it I don't turned
1: know. into talk about a red Corvette. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> you guys had I to make assumptions.
0: And, and, and seriously, listeners, all listeners of this show, go go check it out. And, I asked and, a
1: food question, so hopefully that'll eventually get onto your show.
0: What was the food question? Well, we can't answer. Don't don't,
2: oh, don't ask don't, it now. Yeah. See, there, there's <laughs> the old journalist just immediately <laughs> going for the jugular.
0: So uh, back to back to journalism here, Chris. Before, uh, I mean, are you still involved at any point? You you mentioned you write for a publication, right?
2: You two will get a kick out of this, I think. John Saltus, who's the owner of City Weekly, has a couple other publications through Copperfield Publishing, I think. Mm-hmm. One is Devour Magazine for foodies.
1: Yes. It's a great which magazine. Is, it's amazing.
2: Another one is called Vamoose Utah, which is kind of an outdoorsy recreational magazine. And I'm always amused by this because if there's anybody less outdoorsy in Utah than me, I haven't met them yet.
1: Oh, you have right now, sitting before you.
0: (laughs) I'm not outdoorsy by any means. Thank goodness.
1: I call us inside people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot to like about us.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, they torture me and they send me out to assignments to all these, and it's not that bad a deal, to all these natural uh, areas of great beauty and sometimes national parks. I've been to Idaho for one or two pieces. And I go, I take pictures, I write it up. And I'm a famous writer.
1: Do you kind of just write about your experience there and what you enjoyed about it? Or how, what kind of spin do you take on it?
2: I never quite know. Uh, my first one, I can't believe I had lived in Utah all the all these years, and I'd never seen Delicate Arch.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So
2: that was my first assignment. And then my mind works, if it works, in quirky ways. And when I was driving down there, I was like, how am I going to do this story? And I don't want to do the natural, oh, it's beautiful, yada, yada. It just hit me in a flash, kind of like, was it Athena that came out of Zeus's head full?
1: Oh, I think you're right. I think it might be. That's an obscure reference. I should know.
2: But anyway, this but. idea just came out and I said, that's it. Mm-hmm. Which is when I got there, I would have a conversation with Delicate Arch itself. So when I got there, I made believe that I introduced myself to the arch and the arch said, you know, what took you so long to get here? So I immediately got that Jewish guilt. So in my mind, that's how the conversation played out. Chris, what took you so long to come see me? And I gave the sort of lame excuses of, oh, too many other things, too much work, wrong priorities. And the arch was cool about it and said, well, don't take things like this for granted because you never know how long I'm going to be around. And oddly enough, that day when I was visiting the arch, there was another not as famous arch in Europe, which collapsed. So I took that as kind of fate-ish karma omen.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
2: So even though I'm going to these areas where lots of people have gone and written about, I always try and find a different angle on it.
1: You're giving it like a real voice and narrative and and
0: story. That's important because, especially the arch, the delicate arch, like you mentioned, I mean, it's everybody knows about it. So it's like, what's your angle? What's, how do you view it? Just like you say, well, when
2: I was driving down here, I was listening to your podcast with Kerry Jackson, which I thought was great. I just, I actually sat out in the parking lot for a while listening to it. And he talked about on their show doing the opposite of what other shows do on
0: the radio from hell or on geek show. Well, re- it's been a while since I've listened to that episode.
2: Uh, I think mostly it was about the radio show, but I think you could apply it to the geek show too. Cause he was pretty early on that, the podcast bandwagon plus oh, he's very very early on, on the podcast at that point, the whole geek culture was still semi underground.
0: Yeah. You would get yeah. beat up for it. If you mentioned that, you so.
2: <laughs> so I think that's a great lesson to learn. There's a, I'm a Seinfeld fan as well. And one of my favorite episodes is The Opposite, Okay, where nothing is working for George. He's at home, unemployed, living with his parents, no love life. And at the conversation at the diner, he says, essentially, every decision I've made has been wrong. And Jerry's egging him on. He goes, so if every decision you've made is wrong, then the opposite must be right. So he does exactly the opposite of what he thinks he should do. And it all works out. He
0: gets a great job with the Yankees, gets a beautiful girlfriend. <laughs> okay, now I remember this episode. I was like, what episode? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe we need to start doing that.
1: I think that's a Just great start idea. Doing everything. I mean, how would you know if you're not trying, right?
0: <laughs> well, there was a, uh, again,
2: another YouTube video about the making of that episode. And the actor who plays George talked about people seeing that episode and incorporating it into their life. Successful business people. And they became even more successful. Now, the disclaimer is I'm not advocating that in real life, but the whole notion of doing the opposite is interesting.
1: Just flipping things on its head and thinking from a different perspective, even like to take it in a smaller, more granular view, like just doing something a little bit different or out of the box. When I was reporting,
2: I would use this example sometimes when I was talking to groups or even in job interviews. And this is going to date me. Even I wasn't alive then, but in the 40s, must have been 44 or 45, when FDR died, they did a funeral procession. And it might have been in Georgia, because I think he passed away in Warm Springs. And there was a photographer, they were all lined up on the podium to get the shot of the casket and the hearse coming by. And for whatever reason, out of the corner of his eye, one of the photographers saw um, an African-American military veteran, okay. or maybe he was still in the military. I think he's playing an accordion, and he was crying. And so a photographer turned around, took one picture, because he didn't want to alert all the other photographers. That's the picture that ended up in most of the newspapers. Might have won a uh, Pulitzer for it. And that always reinforced, in my mind, the notion of always trying to be aware of what's going on behind you or to the sides. And that's sort of how I stumbled onto the uh, Olympic story.
0: Which is why, what story is that? I'm unfamiliar with that one.
2: This was, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this recently. It was 20 years ago this week. Wow. This was the whole Salt Lake Olympic and the the whole Olympic movement, the scandal about whether or not they had uh, bribed Olympic officials to get the bid. And it was November 24th. 1998, when I was with Channel 4 and I held up a piece of paper, which had kind of, if you read between the lines, had allegations that we had paid the college tuition of the daughter of an IOC member, the person who would vote on whether or not to give uh, Salt Lake the games. And that's, you know, to bring it back around, like everybody else, I was excited about the Olympics, got caught up in the spirit, but I always tried to keep my eyes open ears open to other aspects of it and that kind of got on my radar screen
1: do you ever do you ever read seth godin seems like you would enjoy seth godin books
0: how's the last name uh
1: g-o-d-i-n
0: he wrote like the purple, the purple cow. cow and he wrote um, uh he's a my mind's blank on i know he books. wrote a lot of
1: books but he's a uh, 18 he's books i think fascinating yeah. i guess marketing I would marketing
0: say. but it's not really just it's like not even marketing it's, it's,
1: he's
2: an idea how to
0: market yourself yeah if i start what's the first book i should go to um, he actually does a podcast called, do I a think podcast. it's called Akimbo, if I'm not mistaken. I'll to, We'll look we'll it up after it. after we're uh, done recording. Okay, cool. I would
1: check out, at least check out Purple Cow. That's yeah. kind of what his one of his classics. It's all about uh, oh, standing tri- out from
0: the crowd. Tribes is another one. Oh, Tribes. He wrote it, Tribes. Fantastic. Oh, I think yeah. I've heard that one. Fantastic. Yeah, about both.
1: finding your tribe, like just being yourself and being original and thinking, not following the crowd and finding your people. And f- f- the things that you're saying are very in line with uh, a lot of his...
2: His books. See why I listen to podcasts? There you go. I learn stuff.
1: Yeah. I
0: like. Stuff. We like to ask a few Salt Lake City related questions on the podcast. I ask really everybody who comes through here uh, these questions. But if somebody was, was visiting, say, Salt Lake City this weekend, they've never been here, where would you tell them to go? What would you tell them to check out? Is there anything that you would you would recommend? I mean, I've had people, everything from a building to to hikes to areas of town? I don't know. What would you recommend? Well, I'm torn for a couple of reasons. One, this might be my
2: journalism brain kicking in. I'd want to know more about the people. What are their interests? So I don't just say, go see this because I think it's cool. Sure. What are your interests? And then this actually came up on the old coots when we were asked by one couple, I think they were living Arizona, New Mexico, somewhere like that. And they said, should we move to Utah? And Tony's immediate response was absolutely not.
0: <laughs> we don't yeah, want then to. Yeah, didn't he say we place. don't want you? Yeah, <laughs>
2: he, he didn't want the secret to get out.
1: It's and and there's a lot to that. You know, it's a gem for a reason.
2: You know, one of my go-to places because I live kind of Capitol Hill area. I love City Creek, beautiful and Memory area. Grove. Yeah, mm-hmm. all, all year round. I mean, obviously, it's packed during the summer and the nicer weather, but it takes on a nice kind of cool quality too during the winter. And one of my Hobbies is I'm very much an amateur, but photography. Really? Yeah. And so I like to go around there and take pictures during the different seasons.
0: Are you, uh, with photography? Do you like, so you like more nature and, and those type of pictures versus there's a lot of people that only take pictures of other people or does it matter?
2: I'm not sure it matters. The best definition I heard about photography was a marriage between art and science. You know, you got, these professional photographers, and they're so smart about how the camera works and what exposure and what lenses and what cameras to use. I'm not that way. The art part of it is where I think I've got maybe uh, some inclination is the art part of it is kind of the aesthetics, the beauty. And I've been told I've got a good eye for certain things. So really, it's kind of whatever captures my eye. I could be walking down the street if I'm on vacation I see something and I'll grab the camera or my iPhone and just click away.
1: Do you have like an Instagram account with this photography or somewhere where people can actually follow you and see your photography?
2: That's another good question. Thank
1: you. Oh, well, you're welcome.
2: (laughs) I was kind of late to the Instagram game as well. Doesn't what's the phrase, early adopter, adapter?
0: It sounds right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm not one of those. I'm not quite a Luddite either, but uh, I do have an Instagram account. I think it's under my name. It's nothing as exotic as
0: News Vulcan. So just probably type in uh, Chris Van Oker and you'll find it out. What about uh, favorite local eating spots? I I like to ask people that come through here, sometimes even for my own knowledge, hey maybe it's a new place I've never tried, but where do you like to uh, eat at?
2: Well, I mentioned one of them, which is the Rose Establishment. I'm kind of addicted both to their avocado toast, which kind of makes me a hipster, right?
1: super a little hipster. bit yeah or maybe you're just the original hipster and
2: i shouldn't tell people about how good their chocolate chip cookies are cuz they'll sell them all out <laughs> but they're pretty darn good
1: sounds like i need to go there I, well i've been there. been there i haven't had days. their
0: chocolate chip okay, cookies okay. i need
1: to go back
0: and have a chocolate chip i used cookie. to live right around the corner from there you know those Lafrance apartments those white apartments that are they're they're behind the greek church there
2: oh yeah okay
0: yeah i lived there for a couple of years some of the best years of my life just living right downtown part of uh just being able to- And you walk a- everywhere? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. especially with Farmer's Market, right across the street, diagonal. Go over there every every Saturday and, and get all my produce and, and whatnot. But uh, any other any other local eating spots that you would recommend besides- the Well, roast? obviously, Tony will get
2: mad if, if I you don't, don't mention Tony Caputo's Tony Deli. And I'm also friends with uh, the folks who own uh, Takashi. Although, I haven't been to their new place next door. Have you been to that? Is it the post office or something you know like what?
1: that? So- I have heard a lot about the post office and how great it is. And they have like a charcoal, uh, like an activated charcoal drink that they make Hmm. from what I've heard. And I really, really want to go there,
2: but we haven't been there yet.
0: Have you been to Tosh's? You mentioned you like ramen. I have been to Tosh's. What do you you think? It's
2: great. I think that's one of
0: the first places, because when I
2: came back to town from Ohio, I kind of put out the 411, where should I go eat now? And that was one of the first places I went. What I'm encouraged by is that all of a sudden, there's not just one place to go. There are several ramen places. Yeah. And it seems like more are opening up, especially downtown.
0: Because it's so good. Oh, man. What would you change about Salt Lake City? If you could change one or two things about the city, what would Chris Van Oker change? Chris Van Oker is stumped by that question. There must be something. I would just imagine you with a list. Just ready to change it. Or maybe there's nothing.
2: I mean, if I thought about it, I, there might be some stuff. But, you know, one of the reasons I've stayed here so long and moved back twice is I've been able to compare it to other places. And I see how crazy it can be to live in a place like DC or Chicago. Some great things and great food, but how crowded it can be, how expensive it can be.
1: Mm hmm.
0: And I kind of like the people of Salt Lake, too. It's, its I mean, it's a great city to live in. And I mean, I, I like your attitude because sometimes if you come out with too big of a list, you're focusing on the negative instead of the positive. Because, of course, anywhere you live, there's something you want to change. But Well, know, you, that's you one of the things I it. like
2: about your podcast is I think you help expose people to some of the things in Salt Lake that they might not know about.
0: Well, exactly. And that's why I like to ask favorite local eating spots and, and stuff like that, because a lot of times they go uh, unnoticed.
2: Maybe that's what I'd change. I would, if I could change anything about Salt so Lake, it was, it would be to have even more people discover your podcast. Oh, Aww, you are well, too kind. Well, thanks. <laughs> you put me on the spot. I didn't have an answer for that. That and the what well, childhood smell.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, the childhood smell. It, we, it all had, we all definitely smell like smells neighbor.
0: though. You know what I mean? What's like yours? Uh, I, I growing up would probably be uh, <laughs> natural, like herbs and in natural uh, like oils and stuff like that for healing.
2: Okay, I do have an answer. My mom, before she passed away, was a fairly accomplished chef. She was on TV on the Today Show, wrote for the Washington Post, and also had a couple of cookbooks. Oh, wow. And so she was from Europe. And so I guess growing up, I would be used to some of those smells, especially some of the great desserts, Mm -hmm. the meringues and things like that.
1: Did she have a favorite thing that she made that you
2: remember? What I remember is her last cookbook was only about chicken. So every night for about three or four months, we had chicken. Until there was a mild rebellion. I was gonna
1: say, no did you get chicken. did you get so sick of it? The
2: chicken rebellion of nineteen whatever.
1: I did that with my parents. They bought a whole cow, and we had beef every night when I was a young teenager. And I just remember being like, "I'm never eating beef again. I hate beef so much. <laughs> I got so annoyed." What did
0: what did your childhood smell like? I've never Manure
1: asked you this. Manure and one. freshly cut wood. Interesting. I've yeah. never asked her
0: what her childhood smells. I, I asked I was so just many thinking people on this podcast, it. Chris. Better. Have you ever done a podcast where you interview each other? Uh, well actually we h- actually we have.
1: I've interviewed. Oh yeah well, you can I, have.
0: I interviewed her Christina before we went public that we were dating. And well now we're married. Mm-hmm. For what was it? The five year anniversary mm-hmm. episode, I believe. She and I interviewed me. you. Oh. But it was and, really
1: awkward and I wasn't comfortable yet. So I should interview you again. Yeah,
0: we should probably do it. Uh, with alcohol. With, with, with alcohol. With of, I think I'll podcast. Where's the booze today? Well, I have a you, you have a, a beer. beer. You have a beer, but. Uh,
1: Would you like a beer? I didn't even you, offer it. I, th- I, I thought I did. Oh, didn't man. I? Fail. I'll give you a beer I I um, that you can take home and then drink when you're home so that you're responsible. <laughs>
0: As we kind of wrap this episode up here today, Chris, how can listeners of the podcast connect more with you? Let's kind of run down the, the list. I mean, you know how it is with a big, long list of links and listen to your podcasts and all that. I'll let you kind of.
2: We do have a Twitter account, which is real simple at the Van Oker group, or you can message me directly or just post something on my account, which is at News Vulcan. We've also got a Facebook account at the Van Oker group. And for old coots, they've got a. We've got a, a Facebook page and a Twitter account, and
0: so all, ma- all those different things. I'll just put all those at Lake dot com. So mm-hmm. I guess I guess that was a lot we'll of uh, pressure on you to have to come out with all that. But let me reiterate and and say to our listeners: listen to both of your podcasts because they're great shows. They're very well done. Uh, they're a good time. It's, they're just genuinely you know, entertaining, uh, and they keep you
1: thinking. Thank especially
0: you. the Old Coots one. Big fan of that, obviously, you could tell by by my excitement with it. Uh, I, I think. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It, it, they're short listens. You know, 20, 30 minutes, I think, were the first couple old of episodes. Old Coots, we
2: try to keep to a half an hour, and the Van Ocker group, 40, 45 minutes, until somebody gets upset and leaves.
0: <laughs> Does that happen?
2: <laughs> the most heated show we had, and might have been the most listened to, was right after they started uh, putting the immigrants in the camps. Okay. Oh, it was doing the worst of it with the kids. And Bill Allright got into it with the Republican, Dave Owen. And I can't remember exactly what happened. I just remember Bill takes very copious notes preparing, and he crumpled them up and threw them at Dave because he was so upset.
1: Do, do you guys actually – so it's really – that's kind of a, a difficult thing to do, talk politics from different angles – do you guys actually still kind of get along or come back together and and?
0: Well, they keep the, coming back and doing a podcast. That's true.
1: I mean, <laughs> has, you know, is is that a is that a challenge though?
0: It's a thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll hear the Democrats, or the Republicans say, "I'm just not going to address his remarks because he's baiting us," and then of course they get into it. But you know, before the shows and even after, even some of the heated ones, Bill will say to Dave. I disagree with you on most things, but I honestly like you.
0: And that's the way it should be. That is the way it should be. I think be. it's, you know, people are forgetting that that's the way it should be, in my opinion.
2: I think there's a danger if it gets too heated or too personal, mm-hmm. people won't listen. One of the last episodes we did was the post election show, and we took shots at each other, but in a kind of joking sort of way. And yes, including the host was at the <laughs> receiving end. And I think that got the point across, but in a good natured sort of way. You need to check it out, Christina. I do, it's I need great, to check great, it out. Great yeah. Show. I've
1: I've kind of stepped away from politics. politics. I used to like really watch the news a lot and everything and I just started getting depressed. And
2: that's yeah. common. So I kind of was when like, we were what? doing the TV show, one of the best compliments we got is a UPS guy or FedEx went to the home of one of the regular panelists and he said I know you. You're on that show for, uh, it's politics for dumb guys. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought that was brilliant.
1: <laughs> Great. That's perfect. Politics for the everyman. I mean, every, we're all dumb. I do have one
2: last question.
0: Yeah, Christine always ends ends the podcast out with one last question. Uh Should I be frightened? No, should be. No, I'm going to let her. I'm going to let her throw (laughs) it out here. I've had a heck of a time. chatting. Lower your
2: expectations.
0: (laughs) I've uh, I've had a heck of a time chatting with you, Chris. Thank you so much for coming and doing the podcast. Before she asks a question, I just want to. I really appreciate it. You know, I think
2: I told you before we started taping, Dylan Allred, our producer, is a big podcast guy, and he's been bugging me to come on the show. He says this is kind of what we want to achieve. We want to become, you know, a regular podcast that people listen to every episode. And I think he and I also really are impressed—not just by the podcast, but the surroundings, how you do it, how you market it.
0: Thank you, thank oh, you. That, mean, that means a lot coming from you, man. Sometimes, you, well, really you know you how it on. is doing a podcast. Sometimes you don't hear. You know, you don't. And know I'm
2: still a podcast newbie, but I've got a group of just a handful of podcasts which I listen to. And some I listen to once and say, that's fine. It's just not for me.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, you, you definitely. And that's what's so great about it is that no matter what you're interested in or what kind of conversations you like, everybody can find something.
2: But I really like the interview shows, especially if the guests.
1: Yeah, interview shows are fun. It's fun to get to like, it was fun to get to know you today. See?
2: Throw that question great. out. All
1: right. My big question. Can you leave our listeners with one piece of life advice?
2: We get asked this a fair amount uh as part of the old coots
1: it's kind of your whole thing
2: huh yeah i think that was one of the questions on the uh first episode oh you know uh, my dad what what did they say in goodwill hunting he's wicked smart so maybe i won't pick one but i'll pick out a couple things on a professional level he told me before i started is that the key to good writing is knowing what to leave out and it took me a while till i really started writing a lot And it's so true. Don't get bogged down by certain things. You know, stick to what's important, figure out a succinct way of telling it. That's not bad life advice either. The other piece of advice he gave me is, and it might have been from George Orwell, is, and I'll paraphrase, is that sooner or later, everything in life is political. He told me that I was probably in high school, so I sort of got it. But not really. And I went back to him sometime later and said, okay, I sort of get it. Everything in life is political. And then I foolishly added, except for, like, love and marriage. And he started laughing. I said, what? He goes, son, especially those. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so
2: I don't know if that's advice, but it's uh, like one of my it. favorite stories. It's
0: perfect. It's a great way to end it. the show. Thank you again. I always tell people, you know, let's let's catch up down the road, right? You know, I'd, I'd catch up in a year or so and see what you're up to.
2: No, I appreciate it. I, I absolutely hate being interviewed. The uh, Let's Go Eat show I did with Bill Allred years mm-hmm. ago, he won't admit it, but it was probably the worst Let's Go Eat show because I hate being interviewed. But you two, uh, it was just like being in a conversation. Why well, do you, you hate
1: being interviewed? I have to know oh. before we go. I know we keep trying you to already, wrap up and I'm just having so much fun. No, I'm
2: kidding. Why do you hate to be interviewed? <laughs> you know interviewed? the answer.
1: Because, yeah, no, I do. I'm part, I hate being I'm part Vulcan. Also. <laughs> it's more fun to get the, get the answers.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you both.
1: Many thanks again to Chris Van Oker for joining us on this episode of the podcast. You can head on over to our website, IamSaltLake.com slash 361 for all the links mentioned in this episode and to get in touch with
0: him. All right, Christina, this is my favorite time of the podcast where we take a couple minutes kind of offer our personal recommendations. This has been a really fun thing that we added onto the podcast a few weeks ago. You know, this could be anything from a movie, a podcast, some food, maybe a beer, some liquor. I don't know, whatever we want to share. My recommendation for this episode is Evernote. I know a lot of you guys use this app already on your smartphones or your computers. This is really helpful this has been helpful for me, especially in this twenty year 2018, where I have tried to become more organized and Evernote has made that possible for me. What are your thoughts on Evernote, Christina?
1: I like Evernote. I'm I'm currently playing with a lot of different note taking apps, but I still will never get rid of Evernote.
0: There are a a lo- one. there are a lot out there. I like Evernote. I think it's it's an easy app to work with and so so go check it out if you yeah, haven't yet. It's
1: nice that you can save something on one machine and then go to another machine and open it up. Exactly. Well, my recommendation for this week is Oakwood Pizza in Draper. I got to I got to go with some people from lunch, and I ran into Chef Brandon Price. He actually started uh, Oakwood Pizza.
0: Yeah, and there's actually pictures with him. You took some. Pictures yeah, I took and some pictures on your... I
1: Instagram and Facebook. And uh, oh my gosh, so they do have pizza. They're a pizza place, but they have they make fantastic pasta. Their ravioli is so good, and I actually got their burger their Oakwood burger. And it was so yummy. It's so
0: just like a beef burger.
1: Yeah. It's like a beef burger, but it's gourmet. It had like, um, caramelized onions and some fancy lettuce, not just like regular lettuce. It was super good. So if you're near Draper or you want to make a trip down there, go try it out. Cause all their food is so delicious. And that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you again to our amazing sponsors for this episode, five wives, vodka and market source, real estate.
0: Also, thank you to our Patreon supporters. We couldn't do this without you guys. You can become a Patreon supporter uh, by heading on over to patreon.com slash I am salt lake. And because of our Patreon supporters and our sponsors, we're actually in the process of, uh, we're going to do some video stuff here in 2019. That was kind of a goal of mine in 2018, but now with 2019, it's like, okay, we're going to finally do this and we're going to do it with the support of our sponsors and Patreon supporters, so if you would like to become a Patreon supporter for, for as little as a dollar a month, head on over to patreon.com/I am Salt Lake.
1: And you can always send us an email at hello at IamSaltLake.com. If you have snail mail, you can send us letters, packages and homemade treats to PO. box4412, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110.
0: Let's fill that P.O. box up, right? Letters, pictures. Rice Krispie Treats. Right? That that would Bring be them. fun. Bring Rice it. Krispie Treats. <laughs> hey, you guys have a great week. Make sure to get out and enjoy the city. Support local. And we're gonna see you on the next episode.
1: And good night, Grammy.